Davis are looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco for the Latin Orient match at home. Well, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to say it right now. I think we've had an okay week. What do you think, James Earnshaw from the Redden Chronicle? Do you think that's fair? I don't want anyone else to know because I know <laughs> what might come around the corner, but you, you mm. just don't know. I'd say it's been okay. Uh, you know, the winning at Derby was unexpected. Um, but then losing Nelson Abbey 15 minutes ago. I don't want to date this podcast, but yeah, about 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, and obviously the disappointing defeat against Wigan, because it was a game in which we probably could and should have got something out of it. Um, but yeah, I'd go with OK. It's had its ups and downs, but, you know, it was a, a win and a clean sheet and, a, and an unexpected bonus, I think, uh, in terms of staying up. Yeah, totally. But you haven't touched on, James, the bit that I was going to say was the massive bonus was no points deduction from the EFL. Suspended. Mm. But obviously for now, this the rest of this season and the following season. So I think that's about as good as we could expect, wasn't it, really? Um, I still fully back uh, the pitch invasion. I don't know what your thoughts are going to be on it, James. I don't want to speak for you, but um, it, I think that's a result, basically, for us. Yeah, I mean, you've got to back it because you've got to see what impact it's made, um, kind of the, the coverage and, and the, the reach that it's got. Um, it's obviously justified its means. Um, nobody wanted to do it and nobody wants to do it again, um, particularly. But, um, you know, it's it happened uh, and I think things have got better um, because of it. I think it's probably what we should have expected. Uh, the only other example we could have looked back on was Blackpool and that's exactly what they got. So I guess that's the EFL's precedent. Um, I hate to disappoint some of the Port Vale fans who'd hoped to maybe get three points. Um, I'm sure Reading will be just as uh, just as nice to them when they come back down in a, in a few weeks' time and maybe give them those three points once they've worked for them. Um, but yeah, I think, it's, I think it's probably on par with what's to be expected. Another panel for Die to go through, um, see if the EFL push for disqualification this time i think it's really the only card that they've got left to play and it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes out of it the guy that's not paid any of the fines he's been given and hasn't listened really to anything that the efl have asked but hey ho you can try again um but yeah you know i, th- I think okay it's good you know I, th- I think it's been a week as expected i think which is it's quite nice in reading because a lot of the time we get hit with unexpected things yeah like even with the nelson abbey news none of us have that's not a shock to anyone, is it? I mean, if you follow Reading in any, any way in the last week or so, you've kind of known that he was definitely going to lose, especially after Ruben Sellers confirmed after the match on Saturday against Wigan that that will be his last match for Reading in this period. Who knows? Maybe in the future we'll see him again. Nothing's impossible. The comeback. I'm now getting flashbacks of Shane Long, Dave <laughs> Kitt and Glenn Little. <laughs> it didn't work out too well, but who knows? Who knows how this will go with him? But good luck to Nelson Abbey. Um, I think he's just captain the team at such a difficult period. The two or three months at the beginning of the season were absolutely horrific for the club. And so difficult. The away games, just the off the field situation was just, I don't know, obviously hadn't reached his peak because we're still there. But it felt like it was becoming more and more apparent that this was affecting every single part of the club and it was not going to suddenly going to magically get better, James. And I think he's got the potential to be quite a, you know, quite a decent player. We see, but Olympiakos in brackets, not in the forest next season. So what are your thoughts on him in the move? 
you know, the thoughts, obviously, that you echo on him as a person. I think he's held himself incredibly well. He's been thrust into such a difficult situation and it was either sink or swim. Um, and he's swum doing the butterfly, back crawl, front crawl, trying all of them at the same time. You know, he's, he's taking it like a duck to water. Yeah, he's had his moment, um, you know, but every young player is going to have their moments. Some of the games he's single-handedly kind of kept reading in. Charlton away was 4-0. Could have been about 7 or 8 had he not kind of intercepted some of the, the big ones. And I know Charlton fans got him incredibly, uh, gave him an incredible reception after that game. And uh, they were all calling for him to sign, sign at the Valley. Uh, he's gone to another club in red and white um, over in Greece. And yeah, you can't, I mean, it's a chance to play in Europe, in the Conference League. Uh, they're fourth in the top flight at the minute, but obviously... 47 Greek Super League titles, a huge European club. And, you know, you can't can't hold back the chance to to play like that. I mean, obviously, it's, it's one to keep an eye on and see how he does. It's an even bigger step if we thought making his debut and, and breaking into the Reading team was a big ask, you know, especially even with the, the change of culture and the language and whatever else. Um, but, yeah, no, it's interesting to see. Personally, I think he probably would have done better at Luton. But who knows? You know, it's down to him now to, to make the best of, of what he's chosen. Yes, I'm sure his um, uh, leader and commander, Keir Jacham, mm. is very happy with this situation. Um, that's all I'm saying on it. But obviously, we've now seen the game against Derby County. I didn't see it. I'll be quite frank with you. I was in hospitals. But James, you were there. What were your thoughts on our performance? Because I just keep on hearing positives about it, um, combined with the fact that Derby weren't that great. Yeah, Derby were really poor. I, I had a mate who supports Derby and said it's the worst performance he's ever seen from his Derby team. And he's watched them for over 10 years. So um, that kind of shows what it was. And yeah, it was 1-0. Could have been 2 or 3. We had a couple of decent chances. Yeah, you know, it, was a, it wasn't a scintillating performance. I think we probably played a little bit better. But the grit to kind of see it out. And and um, yeah, you know, it's a good nice for Makairi to get on the score sheet again. Uh, he hasn't done that particularly often at home. Um, and, you know, any result against Derby in, in the form they've been in is, is, a, is a good result, no matter how you perform. But I think the performance will be something to build on for, for Ruben. Um, you know, I don't think Derby could have complained if it was 2-0, uh, maybe even 3-0. We had a couple of decent crosses and a few chances where they didn't shoot, where they probably could have shot. But, you know, got another really, really tough game with another informed team coming up on Saturday. So you've got to back that one up now and, and try and force your way out of that relegation zone. Yes, Leighton Orient are in a fantastic run of wins. I think it's now maybe five games on the trot they've won. They've also conceded no goals. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, for the form table, they must be top of it at the moment. Um, mm. Obviously, Matt in a minute is going to be talking to a Leighton Orient fan. Um, but, yeah, this is a real tester. And kind of, I'm feeling positive about it. Our home form, I think that's now three consecutive wins we've had. So, James... Are you going to bring us all down here? Are you going to say a negative result or are you going to get on the Reading FC fun bus? Uh, I'm going to go for a draw. I reckon uh, I reckon we could hold them. Um, you know, I wasn't that impressed with them at home, um, at their place, although we were pretty shocking. Um, yeah, I'd go 2-2. Two -two. I think it'll be an entertaining game. They score a few goals. I think we've got it in us. I think we need to get more out of Smith, personally. I think he's been chasing shadows last few weeks he does all the hard work and does everything he can and withholding up but i just don't think they feed him enough clear chances to score um with the finishing abilities he's got um so yeah i think feed feed a bit more to sam smith i reckon he'll get a brace and yeah two one um two one two two is what i'm here for <laughs> no, no, no no let's go for the two one <laughs> i'm gonna go for um uh 
yeah, it will be a tough one. I just think there will be plenty of goals in this. Both teams have shown that they scored goals in the last few months. Our form has consistently improved since, I would say, ultimately the Portsmouth match. Even though we did lose that, we've looked a lot more more compact and better. We've looked not conceded so many chances. We've looked like we're going to score more goals. Aziz has come into fantastic form. He's maintained it as well, which is absolutely great to see. So I'm going to, after all that build-up, I'm going to say 2-1 to Reading. And David Button is going to save a penalty. That is my prediction. Oh, James is not feeling that one. <laughs> but retribution for Leighton Orient away. But we will see. I am deeply regretting that already. The, the penalty bit is a mistake, Paul. You know it is. You absolutely know it is. But who cares? Thanks for listening. And now we have the... Matt talking to a Leighton Orient fan. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, 
only on Hulu. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Now it's time, of course, to flip over and have a look at the opposition. We've taken a look at Reading and all the trials and tribulations. Let's have a look at Leighton Orient, our opposition this weekend coming to the SCL. To do so, we've got Steve from the Orient Outlook podcast. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, very well, Matt. Thank you for uh, inviting us onto your into your wonderful um, wonderful podcast. Looking forward to um, talking about Saturday's game. Pleasure, pleasure. No, it's great to have you on, Steve. Um, we missed you earlier in the season. Dates didn't align, so we never really got to have a dive in to uh, Leighton Orient and get a bit of an understanding around uh, Orient's kind of history the last five, ten years, because it's it's been a bumpy road um, of late. So let's just let's just have a look back uh, at Leighton Orient. Maybe go back to slightly darker times, back when the Italians were in. I mean, back in, it was 1718, I think it was the year um, the or at sixteen seventeen, sorry, was the year you dropped out of the football league under their ownership. But since then, it's been a slow rise back to a very mid-table kind of good-looking League One side. Yeah, basically, we um we had an awful um, three years under the Italian uh, whose name is banned from our podcast. So I, I won't uh, belittle your your own podcast with his name. Shout out to the name. <laughs> no, no, but you know, in the space of three years, we went from being League One playoff finalists to National League uh, team, which was very hard to take two relegations in three years, and um, an owner who just didn't get it right. And once he realised kind of how difficult football is and how you just can't throw that money um, at a football club and hope it sticks, and if you don't have the right culture, you won't progress the club. But once he kind of figured that out. Uh, we were only going to go one way. So an awful three years. Got to National League. Thankfully, um, despite many close shades and, and very uh, many close calls, we um, we survived it. Got bought out by a late Orient fan in Nigel Travis, who put together a consortium. Um, and since then, we've only gone on an upward trajectory and find ourselves, you know, six years later after being bought, after winning two league trophies, so won the National League. Uh, and we're only there for two years, which is amazing really when you think about it, about how difficult so many teams have found it to get out of that league. And we uh, were only there for two years, which is amazing. And then, yeah, won the League Two title last season. And then I've never looked back, really. And we find ourselves, like you said, you know, as we say, 10th in League One, as we're talking. We were ninth, but dropped the place due to the midweek fixtures. And... Um, we look pretty competent at League One level for the most part. It's been a it's been a it's been a fairly decent season. There's been some disappointing results, I guess like any team will have, but also some very encouraging results. And I think you find at the moment this, this might not be the best time to play Orient off the back of recent results. We just beat Bolton one nil and looked really good against them. And then the week before that I went to Portsmouth, who were top of the league and no one kind of gave us a a chance and we're freeing them up by half time. And and it wasn't an undeserved three 0 lead. It was a comprehensive battering of Portsmouth. So, at the moment, I think you'll find a, a very very happy Orient fan base who will probably be more than confident. I'm not sure if that's the right word to use. We shouldn't be confident because going to Reading is still going to Reading, and obviously you had a great result in midweek. But um, yeah, it's probably you know one of the best times that I can remember being an Orient fan. 
in the last 10 years because no fear going into this one. Well, one person that, I mean, you've talked about the renaissance really of late and Orient of late. One person I think that has just been key in that really has been manager Richie Wellens. Came in in the back end of the 21-22 season, I think, for you. I think you were 20th or so in League yep. 2. Pulled you from 20th to finish 13th that season. And then obviously last season promoted um, League 1 champions. And this season, I mean, like I say, you've developed into a very competent, stable League One team, a team that no one really wants to play, doesn't score massive amounts of goals, but really doesn't concede many chances either. I mean, what's the feeling around Richie Wellens, really, from, from an Orient perspective? Well, I think, like you said, he came in and we were we were struggling in League Two big time. He came in um, at the back end of a January where our transfer window business was, was terrible. We looked like we could get caught in a relegation scrap and within five to ten games, he completely changed the um, the mood, the feeling, not only amongst the fan base, but the players as well. And like you said, it was a fairly comfortable finish. And in what he'd done is he didn't do much turnover in the summer, but with the players who he had, who was a good calibre of League Two player, he just got them all playing to their strengths and he managed the squad incredibly well. And um, yeah, we won at a cancer last season. It was very unorient-like. It was just focused. The team always looked good and up for it and efficient. And um He's done an outstanding job in the last two years he's been at the club and, and the way he kind of sees football is he's very much all about the players. And if you've got the players and your tactics right and you do the basics right, then, then you'll win more games than you'll lose. And he's continued to evolve the team with a good sprinkling of experienced players, but also young players as well who he's given a chance to. So he's just signed Ollie O'Neill from Fulham, who is a young kid, and I think a few eyebrows might have been raised, but he also looks like an exciting prospect. So hopefully we'll get to see him make his debut um, for Orient on Saturday. But but he um, sort of good team around him. He's very engulfed in the club's culture. We were lucky enough to have Richie on the podcast on our podcast on Sunday for about forty five minutes, and um, when you speak to him, you just can't help but be infused. But um, he got sent off on a, on Saturday. And I don't think he's going to be in the dugout for the game against Reading. So I think that could be quite a big loss to us and could be quite an advantage for Reading. Um, but he's done a sensational job in two years. I think however long we can keep him for, we will, because I think his career is only going one way and it's only going to be a matter of time before a bigger League One club or a championship club look around and go, mm, that guy like Leighton Orient's done doing quite a good job. Shall we take a chance on him? And... Um, yeah, I can't. I can't speak highly enough of the job that Richie Wellens has done at Leighton Orient. Really, has he surprised you this season, Richie Wellens, with with how high you are? Because, I, looking at League Two last year, the teams that have come up—I mean, barring Carlisle, Northampton, Stevenage, Leighton Orient—all top half, top ten, even really all three of them. Stevenage being right up there, Northampton slowly creeping up, Orient creeping back up the table as well. Has it surprised you really, one, how well Richie Wellens and Orient have done this year, but also potentially the, the the other League Two promoted sides last year? I think I'm more surprised at Northampton more than anyone else. I think Stevenage, when we played them, were very efficient and they and they have made, a, there's been a lot of turnover at Stevenage, but some good, good turnover. And I think mm. during the last summer, um, and you saw they were signing like Pirjani and then they signed... Um, the centre-back from Forest Green Rovers, who's currently still in their team, you kind of raise a few eyebrows. Well, actually, they're signing some decent, decent players here. So not so much surprised that um, 
Stevenage. More surprised at Northampton because I think Northampton just got themselves over the line last season. But in terms yeah, of us, yeah. I think we had two big losses from the team in the summer. We lost Lawrence Vigaru, who was our keeper. He's now at Burnley. Um, and, and fair play to him. You know, he deserved that move. He got a big move to the Premier League club and we lost our kind of playmaker in Paul Smith to QPR. So, at the very early in the pre-season, we were a bit down hearties. But in the business business we've done in the summer where we brought back Ikusel Mizuni on loan from Ipswich, got our hopes high. And then we signed Dan Adji from Crewe, who was probably the best opposition player we played against last season. And we were all really excited. And um, we didn't sign Jordan Graham. So, we were looking really strong going into the season. And we lost Dan Adji uh, to a really bad injury in pre-season. So Adji's only come back in the last kind of four to five weeks properly. And that's kind of coincided with our upturn in fortunes on the pitch. So yes, I'm pleasantly surprised at points by rent, but no, not so much with the quality we've brought in. And we've never been able to play our strongest 11 this season and we won't be able to because of injuries. So we signed um, Jordan Graham, who was having a great impact on the pitch and he got injured and the end of October, uh, away at Burton, he's out for the season. So Adji's back, but Graham's still out. So we haven't actually seen Orange strongest eleven. And as a football fan, you kind of think, well, if only we hadn't had those injuries at the start of the season, and if only Graham was fit all season, who knows where we'd be considering we tenth. So yeah, I think we've outformed a bit where I expected us to be. But also, when we played on the pitch, we haven't really been battered by anyone. I think there's been like a one. 4-0 at home to Portsmouth really early on in the season, which was a bit of a rude awakening, but it wasn't really a 4-0 defeat performance. And apart from that, we haven't really been outskilled or outbattled by anyone. We've lost like, by the odd goal here and there, is what will always happen on the pitch. But not come away from many games thinking that team were much better than us. And, you know, like I said, just beat Bolton, beat Portsmouth before that. So we've kind of played a few of the top teams twice now. So I think February will be the busy point for us. There's a lot of Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday games of like postponements and it's going to that's going to be the month where I think we'll really find out what Orient are about and if we can kind of stick kind of up and around in February then it could be quite an exciting end of season for Orient this season yeah no well I mean currently uh you are how many points off the playoffs it's 11 11 points yeah I mean yeah it's, it's Kind of have to be some run to get to get into the mm. playoffs. I think you know if you're offering me top ten now, between tenth and eighth, I go yeah, that's fine as kind of yeah. a first season back, and then we'll push mm -hmm. on and push on next season. But yeah, I, I mean, never say never in football, right? Because I think we both know kind of what can happen. But I think the playoffs are probably probably out of bounds, but you never know, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, looking back at this season a little bit, diving back, obviously, when we we, we came to your place, uh, lost, obviously, in the last minute. Thank you very much, David Button, for that for that <laughs> drop in the last minute. That was yeah, classic. Lovely. That was classic Reading FC of that of that time. I mean, it, it, Button had some special performances in that period. Um, but after that, you played Carlisle, but then went on a run of one in ten before your kind of resurgence at Christmas. Was there any, I mean, you talked about injuries. Was a lot of it injury-based that dipped, dipped down in form, losing, um, uh, you know, your, your your main striker at the time? Yeah, I mean, that, that one in 10 that we were just, we lost, again, we lost the games by the odd goal here and there. Mm. Jordan Graham had just been injured and that seemed like a big, big deflator of like morale amongst fans and probably the players as well internally. 
But I guess the one man who was really calm during that was Richie Wellens. who went, look, mm-hmm. we've got these injuries. You know, we're not playing badly. Stick with it and we'll get there. And we did. So, yeah, I mean, even though I think we only won one in 10, like you said, I think we drew about five or six of those. So it wasn't like we were going on a massive losing run. We were drawing games, which we probably should have won. Um, and losing and losing games that we probably should have got draws in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a kind of a, a frustrating period, but but one where, you know, I think everyone kept their nerve. I think we've got a culture at the club where the ball aren't going to panic. You know, I think that some clubs, they might have pushed the big red button, at, you know, by mm-hmm. a certain point. That, that's not what will happen at Orient, especially with Richard, given all that he's kind of achieved in his short, in his short spell at the club. So, yeah, a bit of a dodgy spell, but never have kind of in doubt in terms of you know is Richie going to go have we got the quality squad to kind of take us forward and we seem to be kind of out of that period now into a really kind of strong period I guess going into Saturday yeah I mean you know you look at you look at the game since since Christmas really I mean it's been a fantastic Christmas and New Year period and even in that run I think the the one thing you can sometimes dive into looking into who you play etc too much but your losses came at Oxford Lincoln Derby and Bolton teams that were flying really yeah. at that stage yeah. of the season so you can maybe look at it and say that I guess you know Orient really have beaten the teams they've needed to beat or that have been below them this season really until Portsmouth and Bolton and then you know putting in two two clean sheets two big performances then you know I think um you know has really given I think Leighton Orient fans a real kind of hope going forwards um one person who's kind of been been key um in that period for you you you've mentioned him already i'm gonna butcher his name because i've forgotten how to pronounce it already dan Ag- aggie i aggie yeah aggie everyone, sorry everyone, everyone, name. That, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously he was one that had been injured earlier in the season how big has he been coming back because obviously three goals and three now for you guys um of late man on fire yeah. really yeah, been huge. Like I said, we, when we signed him, we were all quite kind of pleasantly surprised. We knew he was a free agent and um, he was impactful when we played crew both times last season. So really happy to get him. And we needed a replacement for Paul Smith, essentially, to get the fans excited. And yeah, he's just been brilliant since he's been back. Kind of started off with a few cameo appearances on the bench, getting 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. But since the turn uh, of the year and at Christmas time, he's kind of been ready enough to start, got his first goal away to Cambridge, took it well. And I think that kind of, once a play gets off the mark for you, then they kind of, all that kind of shackles and those restrictions go free. So since then, uh, he went and followed that up um, by scoring um, at the weekend as well, uh, which was a really well-taken goal. That was a really tight game and he only had one chance really, but he took it clinically. And um, also scored away to, to Portsmouth. And all three goals have been quite different. So Cambridge was on the floor, beat his man. Port Pompey was direct from a corner, which is very unlike Orient, where the corner swung in, he kind of beat his man to the ball and just smacked it into the net. And Bolton was a lucky deflection that came into his path and one touch, held up his man and just smacked it in. So he's been really, really good in terms of a clinical finisher, but also in terms of getting us up the pitch and holding the ball up the pitch as well. Like he's big, he's strong, he's quick. And he played against Santos from Bolton, who's probably one of the strongest defenders in League One. And Santos did not like it at all. So I think from a forward impact, he has made us a lot more difficult to get the ball off up top, but also in terms of getting the midfield around him involved in the play. 
he's done that really well. And like like you said, three goals and three matches pretty much. And we love him. And there's already talk of like trying to extend his contract. And you're like, he's literally played three games, mate. So like <laughs> calm down a little bit. And a few silly rumours about Pompey looking at him, but you're like, there's no that, that, that can't be true. But um yeah, big, big impact for him. And I, I'd be amazed if he doesn't start in um in as a, as as a central striker on Saturday. Now, I think what one thing you're allowed to do as football fans is uh, run run a bit wild when you've got a striker in form. We all do it. We all do it. So, um, so yeah. Other other players for, for for Orient really to look out for. Um, I'm going to butcher his name as well. I, I've not. I'm picking out the hardest name seemingly to to, to mention. Is so, it Idris? Uh, it wasn't Idris. No, L. No, he was going to be one I was going to mention. He's been fantastic, obviously, in midfield for you. Um, yeah. Uh, attacking midfielder, top scorer for you. I'm just going to call him Raul or Rul because that's his first oh, name. Sorry, right, right, yeah, Rul. Rul's actually um, not starting at the moment, so he got he picked up a knock. He's been super sub, mm. and he's he, the thing about Rul, and he probably got strikers at Reading as well, is that he will frustrate the hell out of you. He'll miss what you perceive to be a simple chance, and then he'll get a much more difficult chance from a ridiculous angle. And he'll ping it into the back of the net. So he's our top scorer. He's kind of lost his since Adji's come back in, and Raw kind of picked up the injury around the same time. Raw's kind of coming back now. He got about twenty minutes on the pitch uh, against Bolton, so he'll be involved somewhat on Saturday. I don't think he'll start, but he's a good player to have off the bench. And yeah, don't be surprised if he misses misses an easy chance and then puts one away five minutes late, which is much more difficult because that's kind of what Raw <laughs> does. But um, good player. He feels like he's been at Orient for ages and he's only 23, but because he's been like a youth product, feels like he should be much older, I guess. Mm -hmm. But good player, was pivotal in League Two uh, last season for us and was and scored some really vital goals at vital moments. Yeah, and, and a good player, one to potentially hopefully scare Reading in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, well, a few other kind of names to mention. I mean, you've got you've got um, Shaquay Ford, right winger, very young fantastic player so far this season Archibald Idris I mean who would you be picking out as kind of the the player to watch for Orient this weekend I think we've already kind of touched upon Adji but I think Theo Archibald kind of who so we play kind of one up top with two wingers kind of trying to bomb forward either side so Archibald's on the left forwards on the right forward has been brilliant in the last couple of weeks so he's alone from Watford kind of started mm -hmm. Dropped out of the team in the last five, six weeks has been immense. He's been good. But I think Theo Archibald has really come into his own over the last month and a half on the left, whether it's kind of picking out players with, with passes that you don't even see that are run, or driving the team forward and running and, and taking out uh, his markers. I think he's been he's been nothing short of phenomenal. And um I would definitely say your right back's gonna have a bit a bit of a job on him on his hands on um on Saturday if Theo can kind of recapture and keep up the form that he's shown in the last couple of games because he really is good at getting us up the pitch quickly and then creating chances or, or creating fouls essentially for us to get, get set pieces into the box. Could be a real battle to watch that then. Reading fullbacks love to get forward. Theo Archibald yeah. loves to get forward on his side. That could be a really, yeah. really interesting battle. So, Steve, the all-important score predictions. What what are you what are you I mean they mean absolutely nothing as we always know they mean absolutely nothing but are you confident of it you sound confident of an Orient win this weekend what are you gonna go for? 
you know what? I, I was a lot more confident until I saw the result on Tuesday night. And I thought, oh, Derby, because we had Derby in December and they, we could not compete with Derby. It kind of fell in that spell, like you said. But they, I thought Derby were probably the best team I've seen uh, or one of the best teams in League One. So I, I must have, I did raise an eyebrow when I saw the result, but fair play to Reading. Um, I think this one's got a draw written all over it. I, th- I think Reading would take a draw and I think Orient would probably be fairly happy with the draw. So I'm going to say nil-nil. I normally say one-off, I'm not sure, but because we've kept five clean sheets, so we've currently got our best clean sheet record since 1971 in terms of mm-hmm. keeping five clean sheets in straight in the league. I think we could end up keeping a clean sheet, but I think to that detriment, we might not score a goal. So I'm going to say nil-nil. Hopefully it's not because it's going to be a busy stadium. I think we've sold out our first ticket yeah. allocation. We sold out our second ticket allocation and we sold out our third ticket allocation. So it's going to be just over 2,000 fans there. So it's going to be great atmosphere. And, you know, I think it's probably important to say that we will support Reading any way we can. So whether it's a tennis ball on the pitch or whether it goes further on Saturday, Orient fans know what it's like. And and if any anti-EFL chanting that starts happening, I can guarantee you it will be welcomed by the away fans and joined in to a very loud extent with the away fans because um, <laughs> we've been there and so we know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I think it'll be a great atmosphere because I think it will be busy Reading at Reading's end. It'll be massively busy in the Orient end. And like I said, there won't be, if, if Reading fans need to do what they need to do, I don't think there'll be any kind of hesitation from the Orient fans to support Reading in what they need to do. So I think it'll be a very united atmosphere in the ground and a very good one as well which hopefully translates onto the pitch and we see a good game of football fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah are you going to be at the stadium at the weekend yeah i will yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to that obviously or haven't played at the majestic stadium i don't think in about 15 years so it's quite it's quite a big deal for our fans and it's going to be obviously got a lot of young Orient fans who've never experienced their team going there so yeah looking forward to that my co-host is taking his son to his first away game as well so there's lots of there's lots of lots of people saying it's gonna be like their kids first away game so yeah it's going to be busy way and i look forward to, to having my first experience there and obviously helping reading in terms of any efl chance or any songs that they have to get to get their voices heard top man well steve thank you so much for for joining us today um brilliant seeing orient um on the resurgence th- this season um, and the past few seasons anyway. Glad, you know, you've been able to get your club back. Reading fans, there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Leighton or in the been there. They're almost, you know, almost case subject number 10, 11, 12, 13, however yeah, many in this yeah. league, you know. So keep keep with it. But thank you for the words, um, Steve, and um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, like, likewise, Matt. Reading are far too big to be where they are at the moment. And you just need to get that guy out of your club by hook or by crook. And it might take six weeks. It might take six months. But... He won't be there and you will after it. So, you know, you might have some tough times ahead, but it, it will happen. And when it does, the euphoria you will feel will be unlike any other. I, you know, talking about it now, I've still got like the, my, the back of my neck, it's like the hairs are raising. Because I remember like us getting the uh, the word that, that it had happened and that, it had, that the uh, club had been sold. And it was a, 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 a magic moment. I appreciate it. So... With, with that, I think it's a good re- or good moment to say, die on out, sell before we die. And um, yeah, we will catch you on the next podcast. We'll, of course, be back on Sunday um, reviewing the game 
um win loss or draw will be back of course if you have enjoyed this podcast please give it a five star rating it really does help us in all the lovely podcast rankings and everything to help new listeners find us and all that lovely stuff so with that i've been matt lansley this has been the unpark rules preview podcast we'll catch you on the next one <laughs>